Welcome to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. The title of the message this morning is Seizing Prayer. And our text is James chapter 5, verse 13. And it's very short. Is anyone... Let's read it, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? There'd be a lot of churches that say, don't say that. But James asked the question, is there anyone? Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone hurting? Is anyone in pain? Is anyone disappointed? Is anyone discouraged? Is there anyone there with a need? Is there someone here who needs help? Who needs an answer? What's the solution? Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Now you can ask others to pray for you, but really what the proper way to say is, I need you to agree with me in prayer. This is what's going on in my life. And I need a prayer partner. And you need to, you need to ask people who are going to pray with you, not just click like. Put your need out there on Facebook. Click, click, like, 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 like. You know, say a prayer. But you need to have people pray for you. So what do I do when I'm hurting? What do I do when I'm in pain? What do I do when I'm discouraged and disappointed and depressed? What do I do when I need help? What do I do when I have family problems, financial problems, health problems? Give me... A big answer. And here's the big answer. Let him pray. And the reason we title this, you gotta seize prayer. You have to hold, grab hold of it, and you gotta grab hold of it. It's the most important thing you can do. It's not automatic just because you serve God that you're gonna get what you need. Say, well, I'm a Christian. I ought to get it. No. That's not what it says. Let him pray. Heard a story. A man was driving along a country road when he saw a three-legged chicken. He was amused enough to drive alongside it for a while. And as he's driving, he noticed the chicken was running about 35 miles an hour. Pretty fast chicken, he thought. I wonder just how fast it could run. So he sped up and the chicken did too. They were now moving along the road at 50 miles an hour. The man sped up again, and to his surprise, the chicken was still running ahead of him at 70 miles an hour. Suddenly, the chicken turned off the road and ran down a long driveway leading to a farmhouse. The man followed the chicken to the house and saw a man in the yard with dozens of three-legged chickens. The man in the car rolled down his window and called out to the farmer, How did you get all these three-legged chickens? The farmer replied, I I breed them. You see, it's me, my wife, and my son living here, and we all like to eat chicken legs. Since a chicken only has two legs and there's three of us, I started breeding this three-legged variety so we could all eat our favorite piece. That's amazing, said the driver. How do they taste? He said, well, don't rightly know. None of us can catch the blasted things. (laughs) A lot of us today are like that farmer with a yard full of three-legged chickens when it comes to praying. We never really seize it. We never really get a hold of prayer. 
The farmer's yard was full of promises of delicious chicken drumsticks for his family, but he couldn't get a hold of a chicken. Now, we love to hear about the promises in the Scripture that go with the encouragement to pray. We know them. Let me share them with you, just a few of them. Not only the Bible's full of them, but just let me share a few. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, be on the board. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and we open to you. For everyone who receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. What man is there among you, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Matthew 21, verse 22, and verse 22 says, And all these things you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive. John 14, 13, 14 says, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And many of you in this church know Psalm 91 because Pastor Fred had you learn it. But let me remind you of verses 14 through 16. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And these are examples that shows us that God answers prayer and that he wants to answer prayer. And as I study in this sermon, I began to think of people who had prayers answered. And I can't cover all of them, but I'll just share a few with you. All of us know Hannah. I assume we all know. So you, know you don't realize how illiterate people are about the Bible nowadays and don't know the Bible stories. Well, there's a woman named Hannah. Her husband was married to two women. The other wife was a child-bearing woman. She just popped them out. Hannah, on the other hand, was barren, could not have any children. And not only that, the other wife reminded her of her barrenness, of her troubles, and of her problems. And sometimes in life, we have people, some of them verbally, and some of them we just read into it, and some non-verbally, who remind us of our shortcomings and of our failures. And that's the situation she is in. So it came time to go to the house of the Lord to worship. And Hannah went to the altar and began to pray. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord weeping bitterly. bitterly. And she made a vow saying, You'll make a promise to God. You need to keep it, okay? She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery... You're, you're in bad shape when you admit you're in misery. I'm in misery, God. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. And remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Now, let me say something. Be specific with God when you can. 
Know what you're going to ask for. She could have asked for a daughter, I guess. But having a son in that day and age was very important. Give me a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. I'm going to give you this boy to be your servant. But please give me this son. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. And we see here that Hannah has total reliance on God. She had no other option but only God. There was no way else to go but to God. And so she said, God, I will do this if you'll do that. In verse 18, we saw that her face was no longer downcast after she prayed because she trusted God to answer her prayers. Now, let me say this. I'm a, I, I should be able to quote the verse, I've known, but Romans fifteen thirteen says this, that when you really have believed, when you really had faith, that joy and peace will come into your heart. And that because it's there, right here, your inner being, you'll know that God has heard you. The other day, my wife's favorite preacher, and that's not me, said, you only have to pray once. I'm not here to debate him. But Jesus prayed three times in the garden. Paul prayed three times to get a thorn removed. The verse that says, ask, seek, and knock is keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on. Say, when should I stop praying? And when you stop praying, when you stop praying, you don't stop communicating with God. Then you go to thanking God. Because, you know, but you keep praying until peace and joy fills your heart and you say, I know God has heard me, and now I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to thank him, and I'm going to honor him. And you keep doing that, and you live that way. And you know what? Peace and joy here, you know where it'll go? On your countenance. Hannah was in misery. And when you saw her, it was obvious she was hurting. But after she knew that God heard her prayer, the frown, the down curled lips became a smile and upturned lips. There was a glow now on her face. She didn't have a boy. She had a child. There was no evidence she was pregnant, but she knew God heard her. You need to learn to pray like Hannah did. She had inner peace because you know what she was doing? Anticipating a miracle. Have you ever anticipated a miracle? Have you ever thought, I know God is working, that God is doing something, that God has a blessing, and I'm going to anticipate God coming in my life and doing something great for me or whatever the situation may be. And so she begins to anticipate a ministry, a, a, a miracle. And yes, in the course of time, Hannah becomes pregnant, and she gives birth to a son, and she named him Samuel to remind him and her and everybody else in her world that I asked the Lord for him. And so every time you saw Samuel, 
you saw a miracle. I prayed for a child. God has asked, has granted what I've asked of him. Are you trusting God for something that is bothering you, that's troubling you? Have you gone before the Lord and say, Lord, it's, people tell you not to say this, just, he's your father. Can't you tell your father you hurt? What's a child do when he hurts and say, I got a boo-boo. I hurt. And do something, dad, do something, mom. She said, I'm in misery. It's okay to be honest with God. It's okay to tell God the truth. It's okay to say, God, this is my heart. These are my trials. These are my troubles. These are my pains. But God, I'm going to lay myself on the line. I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to make a vow. I will do what I promise to do if you will do this. I'm thinking about writing a uh, devotion or a book on the life of Joseph. Jacob had 12 sons, and God gave a dream to the 11th son. He couldn't give it to the first 10. You couldn't trust them. Anybody that sell their brother in slavery, you know you can't trust them with a dream. And some people ask, should he have given, should Joseph shared the dream? It's kind of been a debate. Listen, God gave him a dream to share to the people of God, and there's only like a few in the people of God, the family of Jacob. Now, they didn't like the dream. But listen, it doesn't matter if the people like the dream, like the sermon, like the word. It's your job to deliver it. As I was thinking about it, I thought, well, I don't know. I love the book of Revelation. But I don't know if I would have liked it when John came back and said, Hey, I got, here, guess what's happening? We've got an Antichrist coming. We've got tribulation coming. Seven years of judgment. Well, hallelujah. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, deliver the dream. But some people can't be trusted. You know, Reuben should have been the one that had it all. He should have got what Judah got, and he should have got what Joseph got. Joseph got the... Uh, double portion, the elders' inheritance, the uh, inheritance as you go to the oldest, and Judah got the inheritance of kingship over all the family. Reuben was a type of guy that he felt bad about what he was doing, but guess what? He stayed the same. You know, you can't just be making promises, God, I'll do this, and then stay the same. You can't Stay in sin. You can't keep falling short. You can't keep failing. So Reuben gets nothing. Now, he was pretty bad because he shacked up with his dad's, one of his dad's concubines. But even later down the road, when he had the chance to turn it around, he couldn't turn it around. One of my favorite stories, and if I write this, the name of the book is Jacob, Joseph, and Judah. Reuben, you know, it's like if we take Benjamin down there and they kill him, I'll kill one of my own sons. Well, Jacob didn't jump up and say, well, good, kill one of my grandsons. Judah said, if the boy doesn't come back, I'll lay my life down. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll pay the price. See, God is interested in what you are going to do, and will you do it? 
there'd be a lot of people, not in this church, but other churches. <laughs> well, I got Samuel now. Now I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to take him. I'm not going to share him with you. Are you trusting God for something that's bothering you? You feel opposition? Are you in misery? Be like Hannah. Go to God in prayer. And do what you're so going to do because God will do what he's going to do. Can he trust you? And he trusted Joseph. He trusted Judah eventually. Judah, will, Judah, we won't go into that, but my goodness. He was bad. He's living in the world, chasing prostitutes, not keeping his word. But the difference was he changed. And you can change too. Another story I want to refer to is found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. You may not be familiar with it. So let me just give you a little background. The Amalekites, who were famous enemies of the Israelites, invaded Ziklag. This is where David and his men had their families, their homes, their children. And they destroyed it completely, wiped it out, and they kidnapped their wives and children. Kind of like what Hamas did on October 7th. And when the men, says in verses 1 through 4, when David and his men reached Silgag, like they were gone to battle, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Every one of us can imagine what they felt if you would go home this evening and all your loved ones were gone. Someone had taken them. Someone had captured them. What did they do? So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. And I know what that's like. I've wept for church people. First time as a pastor, I experienced pain. My neighbor went to our church. He and his wife were blessings to Deanna and me, Nat and Catherine. And one day Nat was leading a funeral and a man coming from the other direction pulled out into the lane and Nat was on his motorcycle, had to lay it down. He wouldn't have a head on. And uh, when he did, the air order thing uh, split. When I say split, up and down. Took him to Elvis Presley Trauma Center, very famous hospital. Uh, and he didn't make it through surgery, a long surgery. And I'll never forget the next morning in the shower, sitting on the floor with the water running, weeping. Couldn't believe it happened. Fine people, fine man. My heart was broken that he was gone. He and I would leave church on Sunday night and we have another church service for an hour or two in my yard or his yard. And then I'd watch his wife week after week, day after day for seven months, every day go to the cemetery. I know what it's like to weep until I had no strength. And that's what was going on with these people. What do you do when life knocks you that low, knocks you down? breaks you, steals what you have. Just like the devil's a thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what this happened here. What do you do when you're wiped out? 
Not only that, the very people he loved and led, these other men, his friends, began to turn on him. What do you do when people turn on you? Speak ill of you, blame you. what David did? He strengthened himself in the Lord. He had no strength, so he went to God for his strength. What do you do when you have no strength? You go to God for his strength. That's what God told Paul. Three times, take this thorn from me. And God said, David, my my grace is sufficient. I know that may not be easy, but you go to the Word of God, and you pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide. You know that He'll guide us into all truth, right? Do you pray? Do you open your Bible? And you look at it and say, Spirit of God, today I need you to guide me and to show me your word, illuminate the truth to me, to give me the strength that I need to get through this battle, through this struggle. Because I have no strength. I have no, and all the world is against me. Strengthen me. Touch me. Meet my need. Bless me. But you have to pray. If anyone suffers, let him pray. Now, I want you to say that. I want to say, if anyone suffers, we're all going to say, let him pray together. If anyone suffers, let him pray. What would you think if you come to church telling me he had struggles? And I said, well, you better pray. That's what he's saying. You suffer? You better pray. <laughs> well, bless God, why you tell me that? I, I didn't want that. I wanted to lay hands on me and prophesy over me. I want him to say something good and tell me to be okay. No, you better pray. (laughs) Turn to God. If you're looking for something from somebody, you're looking to the wrong person. There's only one person to look to, and that is God. I've always said that about our people, charismatic, Pentecostal, full gospel people. You know about us is we're always looking for a prophet. He's, he's not, he's not where I'm at. He's always over there. And when I find out there's something going, that's where I'm going. He didn't say, go find you a prophet. Go find you some man of God. Let him pray. No, I'd rather have someone do the praying because it's too hard for me to pray. I I don't want to work that hard. I used to enjoy my youngest grandson. You're going to think I enjoyed tormenting him. I guess I did. I, but he, when he'd come and stay with us, I'd always say, hey, the yard needs to be picked up. Because my dad, if we look bored, you never said, I was, dad, I'm bored. Because you was out in the yard, pick it, pick, doing something. Was, never. But I'd say, hey, Blake, go out there and pick the yard up for your grandma. Oh, he'd fall on the floor. And have the well, that's how most of us are. You mean, you really want me to pray? We'd like to throw a tantrum. Instead, pray. He's greatly distressed because his men are talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because his sons and daughters were taken. But the Bible says David found strength in the Lord. And you and I need to learn to find strength in the Lord, to turn to God when everything is against us. And David said to God, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? 
You know what God says? Quit. No, he didn't say quit. Pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed. When you pray, here's another truth. You need. Pray until you hear from God. And that joy and peace will come in your heart. And the frown will become a smile. Your face will light up. And you just know God has heard you. And God will tell you what to do and how to do it. And David recovered everything that the Amalekites had taken. And it says there, even his two wives. Nothing was missing. They got every little boy. They got every little girl. They got every wife. They got everything the Amalekites stole. But too many of us let the devil keep what he's taken from us. Why? Because we don't pray. Let him pray. Have you lost anything in the course of your life? Opportunity? Resources? Time? Pray. David recovered everything. You can recover everything. But you need to pray. Don't let the devil keep what he's stolen from you. It's better to keep him from letting him steal anything from you. But if he's stolen something from you, go get it back. And the way you get it back is through prayer. Your prayer, your prayer, let him pray. First Chronicles 4 verse 9, you've all heard this. A guy wrote a book and got rich of it. 4 9, the Bible recorded that Jabos was more honorable than his brothers. But his mother named him Jabaz saying, I, give birth, I gave birth to him in pain. <laughs> so everywhere he went, he was, well, there's, there's his mother's pain. Don't let what others say about you defeat you. Don't let the devil speak defeat in your life either. Don't believe what the devil's saying to you. And don't believe what other people are saying about you. Learn to trust God. It says in verse 10, Jabeth called out to God for blessings and God answered him. Do you really call out to God for blessings? When's the last time you really said, God, I'm asking you for blessings in my life. The truth is, for a lot of us, prayer is a three-legged chicken. We never really get hold of it. And we never pray. We don't really pray. But Jabez prayed, bless me, bless me. You need to learn to pray. Ask God to change the status, the situation in your life. You may be labeled with the wrong name. The devil may bring you under condemnation. But you need to begin to pray that God will bless you. Seek the blessings of God as Jabez did. And God did it for him. He enlarged his sense. And God will bless you. But you've got to pray. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference. Do you have five minutes for God? I'm Pastor Ed Wilson, and I believe there's no better way to begin each morning than spending a little time with Him. That's why every weekday morning I bring you a short devotional broadcast designed just for that. Look up God's Five Minutes wherever you get your podcasts to kickstart your spiritual walk for each day. We'll always do it in five minutes or less. Have you talked to God today?